When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another edition of the PHNX D-Backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX, and I'm joined by my vice mayor, my one and only Thunderstick Jesse Friedman. Derek, we're separated today. We're not in the we're not in the same place like at the it. same time, and it just like it just it. doesn't feel the same. Yeah, we're in the same town essentially. We are. Right? We're, we are. We're in, we're in Phoenix. We just can't be together right now, and that pains me. But we will be together later tonight. If you're listening to us right now, I have no idea when we're dropping this podcast, but we're recording on Tuesday, and we're going to go see the Diamondbacks face off against the Dodgers in Game Two tonight. Uh, they had quite the uphill battle against Walker Bueller in game one last night. We'll get around to talking about that here shortly. But of course, before we get to that, I need to remind you guys that this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and new customers can get down on their deal for the first round of the NBA playoffs where you can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what over at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. And Jesse, yes, the Arizona Diamondbacks, had a very tough task last night. Uh, a very, very good Walker Bueller uh, with a complete game shutout against the Arizona Diamondbacks. They did get a couple of hits, but they weren't able to really put much together at any point. Had runners in scoring position a couple of times, but again, failed to capitalize on any of those situations. The Diamondbacks lose four to nothing, and somehow I still kind of took it as a win. Is that crazy? Is it crazy to somehow <laughs> take it away? Like they didn't get, it's like, I feel like they didn't get embarrassed. However, it was the Dodgers it was the first zero walk 10 plus strikeout shutout by a Dodger pitcher in almost six years. Wow. Walker Bueller was really good. Um, was he that good? I'm not so sure. And when we talk with Tori Lovello after the game, that's kind of the sentiment he communicated. He wasn't he, so sure either. Yeah, he, he, he acknowledged believed they, uh, some, they 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 made his night e- easier. Right, exactly. And you know, there were reporters asking him, you know, is this a time when you just tip your cap, um, or you know, is there something you guys could do? And and Tori was like, you know, sometimes you tip your cap, but he kind of said that this. You know, he did acknowledge that Walker Bueller was great, but he also said that, you know, we did him some favors uh, tonight just with our approach at the sure. plate. He felt that they expanded the zone a little bit too much at times and helped Walker Bueller work more efficiently uh, than he might have otherwise. I mean, there are not many complete game shutouts uh, that happen now in baseball because, you know, guys are on on tighter pitch counts and, um, you know, generally we see managers be a little bit more conservative uh, when it comes to leaving guys uh, in the game uh, deeper into the game, when we talked about that in our live show yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, Walker Bueller was was excellent. And, you know, to get through the entire game on 108 pitches was was pretty dang impressive. So um, safe to say that 
any concerns Dodgers fans had about Walker Bueller coming into today. You hadn't really looked as sharp. You looked pretty sharp uh, yesterday against the D-backs. <laughs> oh, but so do so many starting pitchers, right? Uh, and I'm and I'm not ready to chalk this one up necessarily to the Diamondbacks sliding back uh, to their uh, offensive woes that they had to start the season. I will say though that it did look once again like they were trying too hard, and I think that that the task before them got the best of them when it came to just facing the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a daunting team to face, and I think that these guys just absolutely wanted wanted it too much. You know, they, they weren't we, they we didn't see any of that patience at the plate that we've seen this no. season either. So not only was it a team of guys seemingly to press a bit, but it also was a lack of patience against Walker Bueller. It was, it absolutely was. And, you know, we talked earlier in the season about how the Diamondbacks were a little bit overly passive. You know, they were they had the lowest swing rate and, and, and everything in the majors. They, they were. Um, you know, coming up there trying to walk in some situations. That's at least what it uh, what it appeared like. Um, and that was certainly not the case against Walker Bueller. The Diamondbacks were swinging a lot earlier in counts. And, you know, like Tori Lovello said, maybe not waiting out Walker Bueller to the degree that they should have. Let's talk about Cattell Marte beating the ball into the ground because he had one of the hardest hit balls last night at a negative 17 degree launch angle. And right. Jeffy kind of uncovered a bit that that seems to be his struggle so far this season is just hitting the ball very hard, but down into the ground and softly lining out to second most of the time. That's absolutely true. And yeah, I mean, if you're if you've been watching Patel this season, you probably have the sense that he's not hitting the ball very hard. And it's not to say that he's, you know, absolutely destroying the baseball by any means. But he is actually in the 67th percentile right now in average exit velocity. And he's in the 63rd percentile in hard hit rate. So he's actually been above average at, you know, hitting the ball hard. The problem, like you said, is that he's he's banging it into the ground uh, or he's hitting, you know, sky high pop flies on the infield. Uh, he just hasn't been able to, um, you know, do what he needs to with his swing in order to drive the ball into the gaps, to drive the ball into the outfield the way that we're used to seeing him do. So, yeah, I mean, it's been it's been tough for him. And, uh, you know, there was the collision in the game last night where that was so bad. And he got yeah. hit in the face, which I didn't even know. Like, I didn't know how he got hit, but apparently Pavin hit him in the face with his arm. I'm not meaning to point blame, but man, Pavin really needed to to call him off. Like, he's the one that sees like how I just get I get frustrated with those situations. Like you see the man running at you. That man is looking backwards and has no idea what's in front of him. You know, like that was 100 percent Pavin's, uh, I guess, duty to call him off in that situation. But it could have been a lot worse, man. I mean, yeah, you were already right. a bit worried about Cattell looking like he pulled up uh, a little bit uh, lame when he uh, on his first at bat when he when he ran into first base. So we're already worried about his hamstrings and injury enough, but man, that collision was not great. It was good news for D-backs fans when Cattell got up and, you know, seemed to be, seemed to be okay. That just, I think that would have really stung, you know, seeing him try to fight through uh, these issues early in the season. You know, the last thing he needs right now is an injured list stint to keep him out for a few weeks. So yeah, good news that he's still available to them and seems to be fine moving forward. Tori didn't really have any concerns about him after the game. So yeah, I don't know exactly what the situation was there. Um, I think you're right. Pavin is, is maybe a little bit more to blame in a situation like that, but 
either way, I mean, this is something that we've seen a lot of with the Diamondbacks the last few years. It seems like, you know, I, I don't know if anyone keeps track of this, but it certainly seems like they have more outfield collisions yeah. uh, than most teams yeah. around the league. So that's I've definitely used, I've used my clown gift when referencing their defense entirely too much over the last like year. And sure, <laughs> I, I think the funny thing about that is I've covered this team now for 11 seasons and I don't ever remember mocking their defense this much like their defense yeah. has just been uh, awful at times. But talking about awful, going back to Cattell, uh, his barrel rate, I don't know if it was for the season or for the game, was atrocious. Uh, 13, yeah. 13% or something like that. Like, I mean, he is really not getting the bat on the ball when it comes to hitting. And when he does, he's just banging it into the ground. Like, it's almost right. like his, it's almost like he's coming down at it with like a tomahawk chop on the ball instead of having any kind of lift underneath it. But yeah, uh, his, his barrel rate is 2.2%. 13% would actually be really impressive. Um, but yeah, two point two percent is is quite low. No, I think and, he was in the thirteenth percentile. Is what? Yeah, I that's that's probably. Yeah, 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 that would make more sense. But yeah, he. I mean, he has one barrel this season out of oh forty six batted balls. So, um, and yeah, barrel is is more than just hitting the ball hard. It's hitting the ball at an appropriate launch angle to actually right. drive the ball into the outfield. And like we said earlier, that's something he's really struggled to do this year. Well, I hope they can get their act together. Uh, they have another tough task before them today. Tony Gonsolin going up against Zach Davies, and Gonsolin has been excellent this season. Uh, hopefully they can get their offense back on track a little bit. I I did like the fact that Tori had that attitude last night, though, by the way. I did like the fact that Tori was not ready to roll over and completely just you know, bow down to the greatness that is Walker sure. Mueller. He, sure. from his perspective, saw some of the things we were seeing, which was just you know a lack of patience and and really just bad approaches at the plate you know we we said a few weeks ago that we felt like the dam was going to burst eventually because they were getting good approaches it just wasn't you know correlating over to success last night you can't even really say that they they did not have very many good approaches at the plate Seth Beard continues to be outstanding though and that's nothing new when it comes to his season, even after the game, he was willing a little bit more, uh, a little bit uh, more willing to tip his cap to Walker Bueller on what he was doing and what kept him at least personally uh, ineffective at the plate. But uh, again, just uh, a team that really needs to try to get it together. You know, like the, I felt like Merrill Kelly was pretty damn good. I mean, I know he gave up those two early runs, yeah. but he rebounded nicely and was able to keep them in the game, which is the key. And you can't even really blame relief pitching. Relief pitching only gave up one more run, so they did their best to try to keep them in the game as well. Uh, just offense was non-existent once again in a game. I think this was really big for Merrill Kelly because you know it's one thing to pitch well when your stuff is at its best, and his stuff really has been at its best the last few starts. But for sure, realistically, that's not going to happen. You know, thirty-two times in a season, you're going to have starts where you go out there and your stuff just isn't, you know, what you hope it it would be. And to go out against this Dodgers lineup and you know throw a complete start, six innings, three runs, he kept the, he kept his team in the game, and that's what great pitchers do. You know, great pitchers go out there and even on those off days, they still manage to pitch into the sixth inning. You know, and and keep your team in the game, and that's absolutely what Merrill what Merrill did yesterday. 
Uh, you can find some more information about Merrill Kelly, by the way, on gophnx.com soon from our very own Jesse Friedman, as well as all sorts of other content that we'll be putting up. I have an article I've been working on uh, in regards to uh, the economy and how it's been impacted by spring training, uh, what we saw this year and, and uh, how that's impacted local businesses. So hopefully you guys enjoy that. You'll be able to find all of that on gophnx.com. If you haven't signed up to become a member already, get yourself an annual membership and you will get yourself a free t-shirt over at the phnxlocker.com. You've earned it. Uh, it's comfortable. It's uh, form-fitting. It makes you look like a million bucks and you can get whichever one you want over at the PHNX Locker. Uh, also, you'll get access to our members-only discounts at the phnxlocker.com as well as our members-only Discord access where we'll talk about all sorts of Diamondbacks-related content this summer. But uh, of course, if you're not interested in the annual membership, you can sign up for the month-to-month membership and you'll get your first month for just 50 cents. And we just want you to come over and join us, be part of the family uh, here at PHNX. We are having an absolute blast. And we thank you guys so much if you've already joined the family for, for being here. But Jesse, uh, let's, instead of taking a look at the current team, let's take a look at what a lot of people are interested in, the future of this team, how the guys are doing down on the farm. Do we, do we still, do we down on, is down on the farm a cliche that's been beat up? Can we, do we have to come I up with something you can, else? I think you can still say that. Right, we should maybe come up with something else, but yeah. you know, it'll work for, for today. Uh, oh, Mike Hazen had a farm. Go. <laughs> oh my God. All right. <laughs> I'm it sorry. Works. It works. <laughs> uh yeah no uh things have looked pretty good uh for the diamondbacks farm system of late alec thomas has started to turn things around in triple a um he's hitting 277 right now with an 816 ops um still lower you know not not quite what we saw toward the end of last year from him uh but he really got off to a rough start and so those numbers are are starting to, to turn around um one name to watch is stone garrett uh, not a name that, you know, not necessarily, which an incredible name. Absolutely a name to watch. That is, it is. a name to watch. <laughs> yes, uh, just the name itself, it, you know, feels worthy of a call-up, I'm sure. But, um, but yeah, he's hitting 377 um, with an OPS of almost 1,100 right now in Reno. And, you know, he's not viewed like Alec Thomas as being, you know, necessarily a, a huge part of the future of this team or anything like that. Uh, Stone Garrett, I believe, is 26 years old. Um, yeah, he's currently 26 years old. So, um, so he would be a you know a, a guy who's getting called up a little bit later in in his career in his professional career. But nonetheless, um, he could be a, you know he's going to be a depth piece for them. So if the Diamondbacks find themselves with a need um, in the outfield, I, I would not be surprised if Stone Garrett gets called up at at some point. Um, but I think the no, pitching is yeah. Go too. ahead. No, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was going to say Seth Beer wasn't a highly touted prospect either, right? Like more, more so though, more so. Yeah, I mean, no, no, he no. was I, I he was saying. on the top 30 list for for the Astros and has been for the Diamondbacks throughout throughout. Right? No, and I'm not I'm not saying he's not. He just wasn't like his name wasn't being thrown out there aside from people enjoying what his actual name is, much like Stone Garrett. Uh, <laughs> you know, his name wasn't being thrown out there to be like a big piece of that trade that we got right. The other, some of the other names were definitely talked about as being, you know, much higher, uh, or much more, you know, critical, like the way that Josh Rojas was the piece that was holding it up and everything like that. Right. So like, there's, there's stuff about Seth beer though, that has already become legendary. And I guess my point mm-hmm. is, is that we've also seen highly ranked prospects not work out in baseball. So, 
you never right. really know based on you know their rankings. No offense to William Bohr. We love our guy William Bohr on came on the show, but as he admitted, he you know, it's it's a human being putting these, you know, rankings together and it's right. it's a process that involves other human beings, but it doesn't really mean that that's the actual value of these guys as a potential star. It's just trying to do their best to to see who within the organization when there's so many baseball players in their minor league organization, seeing which of these guys are really have the most potential to be superstars in major league baseball. With that being said, humans are fallible. It's easy for them to get stuff wrong, or it's easy for guys to, you know, change their game once they get to a professional level and have different coaching and, you know, can turn it on. So all I, all I'll say is I, I do, uh, I do abide by the, you know, prospect rankings, but I don't necessarily believe that it really is the true reflection of the value of these guys. Sure. Yeah. And that's a, that's a great point. I mean, anytime you're talking about prospects, you have to keep that perspective in mind where, yeah, at the end of the day, no one can really predict the future. So we really just have to like, except Jesse, except for me, you know, aces this year. Uh, Dan Straley is, is one name that I know I mentioned briefly on the show yesterday is a guy that could be called up at some point. Um, he has a 4.60 ERA and three starts. Um, but he has five walks, 13 strikeouts. He's only allowed 10 hits and 15 and two thirds innings. So by Reno standards, he's actually pitched really well. Uh, his opponent batting average is 172, which is very, very hard to do in that league. Um, so I think he's a name to watch. Uh, Ryan Nelson is another name to watch. Um, he has four walks and 20 strikeouts over 17 innings, which are both very, very impressive numbers. He's allowed four home runs, um, which is probably just Reno being Reno. Um, so his ERA is 6.35. That doesn't look great, but we've talked about at length how pitching in Reno is very, very different. Reno's going to Reno. Reno's going to Reno. Exactly. Uh, Tommy Henry's the other name at AAA that people are probably... Uh, familiar with um, 17 in the third innings over four starts, an ERA of 3.63. He does have 12 walks in those 17 in the third inning. So there's been a lot of traffic on the bases for Tommy Henry this year, um, but he's a lefty. And and I do think he'll probably get called up at some point this season. Um, maybe not right away, but definitely a, a name to watch moving forward. So, and those are all guys at AAA, Derek. I mean, there's, there's a lot here that we're probably going to see at the big league level before too long. Tommy Henry is another great baseball name, by the way. They're really, I mean, they're, these are some 80 grade Those baseball are, yeah, names yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, and of course, that observation is brought to you by OG's Brands. Stop by your local dispensary and grab some amazing scratch made THC gummies from our friends at OG's, and you too can find the same level of enjoyment I do in baseball players' names. Uh, also, if you're not interested in being that high, uh, you can get down on their new three milligram microdose option for those not wanting to dive right into their regular 10 milligram dose. Those will be available very soon on May 3rd, and you can find them at a dispensary near you. They have amazing flavors in both dosages, whether it's 10 or 3 milligrams, like orange creamsicle, tropical, and watermelon. Uh, There's also a very lovely raspberry orange RSO that I enjoy quite thoroughly. So if you're interested in trying the amazingly amazingly delicious variety of flavors that OG's Brands has to offer, go to ogsbrands.com. That's O-G-E-E-Z brands.com to find OG's near you. And Jesse, um, I think that some of the folks uh, in the New York Yankees outfield, you know, the bleacher creatures, 
I think I think they I think OGs needs to pass some free OGs out to them and everybody needs to chill <laughs> because that got out of control the other day against the Cleveland Guardians in a way that I really found the a Yankees own players were going out there trying to calm that's their a, own fans yeah, down, that's which a, is a weird situation. <laughs> you are over to you are over a point where like you're you're wrong when Aaron Judge needs to go out himself on Saturday night to urge fans to stop throwing trash and literally clapping towards the bleachers, right? Like, dude, <laughs> it's just it's just the most ridiculous thing ever. I don't understand fans acting this way. I don't I don't understand the idea that you buy a ticket and you think that you can challenge you know, Miles Straw to a fight or whatever the hell was going on. Uh, I will say that I am surprised at times, though, to see baseball players feed into this stuff. You know, yeah. I get once like full water bottles and cans of beer are being thrown at you. I get that, that that's like a point where you're no longer uh, can ignore it. But everything that happened before then, not to say that they instigated it because I'm fully blaming the fans in this situation, but I'm just surprised because I would think baseball players are used to heckling and people saying stupid shit to them and all of that. And this situation just kind of spun out of control really quickly. Uh, now there's more security being added to that outfield section. Mm. And uh, I don't know. I will say this about Diamondbacks games. Security moves swift and quickly at Diamondbacks games. And I've seen them not have the same leniency that I have seen some of these other security guards have uh, at, at, at other stadiums, but I, I don't know if they're just have a different policy. At- Do you think that were the security guards lenient or were there just too many fans throwing trash on the field that they just Maybe. couldn't possibly Maybe. keep track of all of them? <laughs> Maybe. And I, I think the other thing that sucks is there were fans you, that you could see in the video that were absolutely embarrassed by what was going on. And a few that were even terrified, you know, where like a husband had to protect or a dad had to like protect his daughter from what's going on. It's like, Hey, great. This is the environment that you're setting for your fellow fans where you're just terrorizing the people who are in the section here with you and literally causing, you know, probably policy changes at the stadium over your behavior. It's wild to me. I mean, and I, I think this applies to everything and everywhere with pro wrestling, Jesse, you wouldn't be, you'd be amazed at what people think that they can get away with simply because there's no, you know, like at our show here locally, there's no barrier between the fans and the, the, the talent. you know what I mean? Like there is nothing. They're just sitting in folding chairs right there. I've just seen some of the worst behavior out of people who, you know, forget that they're there as a, as a, as a member of the audience to view the show and not to become a part of it. Right. But well, that's, that's why, that's why you guys need a commissioner, right? Yes, that's why that's what I'm there for, and I do a terrible <laughs> job. So I mean, I'm not a person of authority. I'm sure you're really you're really laying down the law. <laughs> that's ridiculous. My 11 year old daughter doesn't listen to me. I can't get a room full of you know jacked up freaking muscle heads to listen to me. Get out of here with that. But uh, I will say though that I was with a friend of mine, Tim Fioravanti, uh, formerly from ESPN. He's a Mets fan. He came out to Chase Field and. Even he was a little bit turned off 
by the behavior of fans at Chase Field, of the Mets fans, because he thinks that it's kind of low, low class to be an opposing fan and go there and try to take over the stadium with your own chant or whatever, much like we saw last night in the Dodgers game. And I, I mean, I, I'm glad that there are still people out there like Tim that feel this way, right? But there, there is kind of a decorum, a way to act when you go places. Sometimes when you see of you know these these fights and these things that happen at, at stadiums and the way people act, sometimes I'm not surprised because I, I I have seen you know opposing fans go into you know some dangerous territories and try to just be an irritant to the people around them, and that ain't gonna fly at places like Dodger Stadium and whatnot, right? I'll just yeah. say though that this this is different than that. This is like the fans themselves crossing such a line with the players and the game by doing what they did. Not mm. to mention, like, man, throwing like actual water bottles filled with water still at these guys. Not only is that like I mean an actual dangerous weapon at that point, but how much did you pay for that water bottle? That's I know true. You bring it yeah. in from the street. I know you went to bought Yankee it at Stadium. the stand. Just right. at Yankee Stadium, you paid eight dollars for a bottle of water just so you could throw it at Miles Straw. Get out of here! You're 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 stupid for more than one reason, as far as I'm concerned. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on this disgusting behavior? I should say it's unfortunate. Yeah, and I mean, just thinking about some of those, you know, those fathers trying to like protect their sons and daughters in a situation like that. Whenever when you know just everything is going awry in the stands like that. I mean, you have to wonder, you know, is, is that, is that father going to be likely to bring his family out to the ballpark sometime soon? I I imagine probably a little bit less likely. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just a bad look for baseball and, um, you know, Yankees fans are going to be Yankees fans and, um, you know, they, they've certainly built up a reputation as, as being, diehards and you know in some cases that looking like a very bad thing just you know just in general in baseball just the way that they conduct themselves around other teams around other fans uh we've seen stories like this before from uh from yankees fans so hopefully they can keep themselves under control next time it's just you know what it is it's the fact that they have their name and they do the roll call thing and i think that people start really getting in their head that they are a part of it. Like we're a part of this. Like, yeah, we're we're a part of this, like the legends race and, and we're a part, you know, like we're a part of the game. Like you come here to see, you know, the star players, you come here to see Yankee stadium and you come here to see us. And it's like, no, we do not. Nobody does. Right. And Mm. I glad people like that exist because I think it's fun, but this is like, in my opinion, the flip side of it, where it's, it's thinking that you are, you know, doing something for the team besides embarrassing everyone, you know, and you think you're getting into the head of the opponent and you think you're giving the Yankees a competitive advantage or something, you know, I mean, like it really is to some people that they think like they are part of the team in some way. And by doing this, they're helping the team out. And it's right. not, yeah it's not the case at all so anyway behave yourselves at the game is what i'm telling you and basically my point of this is don't ever let me catch you doing the wave at chase field ever again because that was (laughs) was 
furious last night. You can't really blame Diamondbacks fans for the wave happening. No, because, because there weren't very many Diamondbacks fans. Yeah, how, I mean, what do you what do you think? Is it set seventy thirty Dodgers fans at the game last night? We were saying there was seven there was seventeen thousand plus in attendance, and I think yeah. you and I both agreed that it was easily, uh, like easily twelve thousand to five thousand, easily if not more. Yeah. You know. Which is crazy. I mean, because if if those Dodgers fans don't show up, theoretically, that means you have a stadium of like four or five thousand fans. Yes, which, I yep. mean that's that's pretty. I mean, it's a Monday night, so of course it's not going to be one of the, you know, one of the better attended games for for the Diamondbacks. But at Chase still, we're, Field, we're right? mocking we're mocking the Coyotes for playing in a stadium that sits five thousand people. Right? Isn't that how many of the new stadiums sit? Yeah, something like that. Something like right? that. Right. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, it'd be a sellout, you know, but that's the same amount of fans that are there than in this empty ass airplane hangar, you know. Uh, I will say though that when we talk about fans, you talk about the dad not taking his son or daughter to the game, right? I mentioned to you, I think last night, I would have a hard time coming to this game as a fan. I would have a hard time coming to Chase Field when the there are so yeah. many opposing fans there chanting, you know, let's go Dodgers and right. There were a few. The uh, the uh, the 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 take me out to the ballpark where they have to take over that and make it say Dodgers instead of D backs, right? Right, all that. like which they I, did. I, I just <laughs> don't know. I don't know if I would enjoy myself coming out as a fan on a night like that, right? So that's yeah. also somewhat of a deterrent, I think. People historically have maybe come out to Dodgers games over the last couple of years, seen that, and not really wanted to come back during it. Yeah. Well, on a, on a brighter note, can I tell you more about Diamondbacks prospects, Derek? Would you please? Yes, let's do it. Let's do it. So, um, uh, Derek, I imagine you probably might, might have been a while since you've looked at the numbers. If you had to guess what Corbin Carroll is batting right now, what, what would you guess his batting average is? 385. Wow. Yeah, you're really close. 380. He is batting yeah. 380 with a 500 on base percentage and a 700 slugging percentage. Killing it. Um, he has five stolen bases. So, yeah, I mean, Corbin Carroll, you really couldn't ask anything more. I mean, he is absolutely destroying the baseball right now. And that's in double A. So he's really not that far away at this point, which is incredible, just given the injury that he went through last year, how his professional reps are still so limited. He still has under 250 minor league at bats. Um, and here he is, you know, at double A, already doing what he's doing despite being drafted out of high school. Um, just a few years ago. So really impressive stuff from him at the age of 21. Um, Dom Canzone is another name that I'll throw out there as a name that people should get familiar with if they're not already. Uh, Canzone has four strikeouts this season. He has only struck out four times um, in uh, more than 40 plate appearances. So he has been very, very hard to strike out. Um, and yet he's still slugging 737 with a 368 uh, batting average of 467 on base percentage. Dom Canzone has really had a nice season um, in double A so far. And, you know, he's not viewed necessarily in the same vein as Corbin Carroll as being, you know, one of the top 20 or 30 prospects in all of baseball, but certainly a name to, to keep in mind, a guy that we could see at the major league level uh, sooner rather than later. And as far as pitchers go, Derek, we could spend a while on this. Um, Double A has a has a bit of an army right now. Um, Amarillo is well stocked in the pitching department. The Diamondbacks have Brandon Fott, Slade uh, Slade Ciccone, Dre Jamison, and Bryce Jarvis all at the Double A level right now. And really, all of those guys are pitching well. 
uh, Dre Jamison in particular, um, he just, uh, I believe it was yesterday through six innings, didn't allow a run, didn't allow a walk, had eight strikeouts. Uh, Dre Jamison is the guy we saw in spring training who threw like a hundred miles an hour. Um, some people might remember, might remember that he, uh, pitched a few innings in, in a couple of Cactus League games. Um, and really all of those guys, Derek have been good. Sacconi has an ERA of 3.29, um, only two walks, 15 strikeouts over 13 and two thirds innings. Brandon Fott has probably been the steadiest of all those guys, 13 in the third innings, four walks, 22 strikeouts. Um, and Bryce Jarvis has also, uh, has also been good. He was the Southern league pitcher of the week, um, about a week or two ago. So, um, the Diamondbacks are well stocked, Derek, and and a lot of these names that we've been talking about for a while, the early returns in the minor leagues have been very impressive. I will say that I was a bit disappointed to see the Diamondbacks DFA Stuart Fairchild and then trade him to the Mariners, uh, just because I liked Stuart Fairchild. I had a chance. That to was a little odd. Yeah, right. I mean, is it just that they might have too many of him? at yeah. the same level and he's not performing as well as the other ones that they have like the same position essentially. Yeah, I mean I think they um I think yeah, th- there's just a lot of depth there for them and so I guess they found themselves in a spot where they had to kind of pick and choose who they wanted to roll with moving forward. Um it is a little bit of a crowded position for them in in AAA and at the big league level. So I was also surprised though. I mean, Stuart Fairchild was not you know, it wasn't a, a big, big time prospect, but he was a guy that, you know, people certainly thought well of. There's a reason the Diamondbacks went after him when they dealt Archie Bradley um, to the Reds a couple years ago. So, yeah, now that trade looks pretty strange right now from a Diamondback standpoint. You know, they traded Archie Bradley to Cincinnati and both players they got in return, Josh Van Meter and Stuart Fairchild, have now both been uh, DFA'd. And, you know, of course, the Diamondbacks don't have them in the organization anymore. So, the optics there look look pretty weird from that standpoint too. Yeah, his batting average is not uh, great at all um, now, then, forever. But right now, his batting average really isn't good, hitting one seventy one. However, yeah, it's a rough start started, for him. He does have the uh, best cover photo of any player I've seen on uh, MILB's website. Really? Uh, so yeah, it's like him in these sunglasses that have a crown attached to them on the top. That is incredible. That is incredible. It's just a fantastic photo. Um, So (laughs) you get a chance that there's a little, there's a little uh, treasure hunt for you to lock, lock down and find, find that. But uh, we thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, Thank you, Jesse, for your optimism about the future of this team and what we might see. I'm just, I'm just saying the numbers, Derek, and the, and the numbers are looking pretty good right now. I didn't even mention Jordan Lawler, who's hitting 354. Jordan Lawler. I just, it's been incredible. He's been incredible. So there's a lot of exciting things um, happening and hopefully they happen sooner than later. So uh, guys, keep yourselves ready. Keep your bodies ready uh, at all times for when this team finally can start doing uh, good lucha things because I think that they are on the cusp of it. And man, if some of these guys can really be the stars that they're being in the minor league system at a major league level, yeah, it could really transform this team pretty quickly. Maybe yeah, faster quickly. than we thought, you know. Yeah. So uh we thank you guys again for checking out the show. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at Cap 
underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports. Uh, you can, uh, that's on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If you're listening to us right now on your favorite audio podcasting app, please subscribe if you haven't done so already and leave us a five-star review. Also go over to the PHNX Sports YouTube channel, subscribe there and sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss any of the content coming out from us or the rest of the PHNX team. Sometimes it happens out of nowhere. Sometimes it's breaking news. Sometimes we just want to do a podcast or whatever. So make sure you sign up for those notifications so you don't miss anything. Uh, but we thank you guys again so much for checking out the show. Before we let you go, I want to remind you to go over the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code of PHNX if you're a new customer. And then bet $5 on any team to win in the first round of the NBA playoffs. You will get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Not to mention, they've upped the ante on their same-game parlay offer for us existing customers. We can get down on the same-game parlays by by combining multiple pets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you win. Right now, you can place the same-game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 back if one leg doesn't hit. So go put your $25 down. Plus a thousand odds. Let's get, let's go big. Let's swing for the fences, see what we can do. And then when you get your $25 back free bet, if you don't hit, that's where you go a little bit more conservative and get that money back. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of playoffs, and you will get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code PHNX at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over only. Arizona only. Gambling problem. Dial 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Please make sure you follow us tonight, guys. We will be uh, at the game once again. Jesse has a flight to catch, so we'll be taking off before the before the postgame stuff, but we'll definitely be out there to see game two of the Dodgers and the D-backs. And then, of course, we will have our post-series wrap-up show uh, on Wednesday after about 10 minutes after the final out. So tune in for that. Make sure you're here. We thank you guys again so much for being here. On behalf of Jesse and myself, we appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun, but it's so much more fun when you behave yourself in the stands.